Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Frank Dolce coming up here momentarily, our Ute insider and former Ute quarterback, of course. He'll join us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. And uh, we were kind of talking about this uh, game in the last segment, Gordon. This is a sneaky, interesting game. Not that I think that Utah is going to lose. I think they're a heavy favorite for a reason, and I agree with that assessment. But Oregon State is not the beeves of last year. No. They're a little bit better than yes, that. Yes, they are. And you mentioned it earlier, that offense seems to be able to put some points on the board. And they certainly did against UCLA. Now, I don't know if the Bruins uh, aren't exactly they, – they can only – Wish for a defense like Utah has, you know, and the Utes I think would be must will be much more effective against. Uh, but but look, they they can throw the ball. They have that receiver Hodgins kid. He's he's really good. They run it over two hundred yards a game. It's yeah. So they they better pay attention. I'll put it that way. But if they do, if they focus in on on the task at hand, uh, they'll be fine. I believe. And, of course, it's it's going to continue to be really interesting to watch Tyler Huntley's development because he is coming on strong. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now are Ute Insider, former Ute quarterback Frank Dolce with us on the big show. Hi, Frank. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, how, how does the connection sound? Are you, is it good? It yeah. Sounded, yeah, it sounded fine. Okay. All right. I have a little static in my ear, but as long as you can't hear it, then we're good. What are you doing, Frank? Like uh, hiking the Uinas or something? What's going on? Jogging. I'm jogging up a 15% grade right now. Wow, you don't even sound winded. No. <laughs> I'm jogging up Jerry Rice's training hill. Hmm. Training Back- regimen. Did- Backwards on your hands. Yep. Did you see that, by the way? I mean, it's no wonder that guy was so dominant during his career and even now just his the, the stuff he put he just put himself through was unbelievable Frank think about what kind of quarterback you could have been if you'd had a receiver like that oh the well look what happened to Steve Young and Joe Montana I mean it's <laughs> it would be very would you consider very, very would you, similar? <laughs> would you consider oh, very similar? Of course, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way I think of it. Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Frank Dolce, right there. Yeah, I just didn't have the. I just didn't have the weapons available. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah you didn't. Would yep. you? Would you consider Jerry Rice one of the top five NFL players of all time? Oh, top five NFL players. That's a good question. He has to be up there. Is that too high? I, it may be too high because he. Just, but but he was dominant. I mean, he was dominant at his position group. So if you're going to say certainly top five receivers of all time, but then if you start going across the landscape of professional football, I mean, where do you put Lawrence Taylor and where do you put Joe Montana and where do you put Guys like 
Tim Tebow. Deacon Jones and Dick Butkus, and because those, then you're up at a top five already, and and we haven't even talked about Jerry Rice or Lynn Swan or John Stallworth. I mean, there there's so there's just so many guys that uh, that would have to be considered for that top five. I'm not sure that Jerry Rice. Yeah, he would be in the conversation, but I'm just not sure he gets in the top five. That's that's wow, that's rare air. Certainly top five wide receiver, maybe top three. I say he's number one. Oh, number one for I, I think he's number one for sure. But you know, this is you sports also radio. Think we that can Oregon argue. is number one. Oh, you I are still do. On your Oregon, <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> I know you do. Well, listen, I was eating. I felt like I was eating crow a little bit after Washington lost to Stanford for the sixth time on the farm in a row. So, and then, but, but Oregon wasn't overly impressive in their game. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Washington figured out how to beat Oregon. It just goes back to my theory. Every team in the Pac-12 is beatable on any given Saturday. Well, that plays kind of right into what we were talking about, Frank. And if you look at the Beavers, um, they're they're not terrific. Utah should win and and should win fairly easily. But they they're showing some life as a program, specifically offensively. They're coming off that win over uh, UCLA, who's who's not terrific. But the the Beavers are no longer maybe the automatic win they have been the past couple of years. I don't know that it's been an automatic win for Utah in in the whole history of the Pac-12. It feels like that game for some reason. You know, it, it's it's that game. It's the games against Arizona and Arizona State in years when you think, well, Utah should go in and they should dominate. They should win that game. And and all of a sudden, Utah figures out a way to let, you know, one of those teams hang around and makes it really interesting at the end of the game. There was, there's been times when, I mean, I, I talked about this a week ago or so, so that Utah went up to Corvallis. I believe Travis Wilson was the quarterback. And in a you know in a game that Utah should have won fairly handily, they they just figured out barely how to win at the end of the game. And in that game, I think I think that Travis Wilson only had like ninety seven yards passing total on the day. So this is a game. If you statistically you look at this and you say, well, you know, Oregon State's last in the conference and in yardage, rushing yardage allowed, well, that certainly fits into Utah's game plan. They're giving up almost 300 yards a game, and they're giving up 30-plus points a game. And, and you know, Utah's turnover margin looks really good heading into this game, and the quarterback hasn't thrown an interception. And all of those things look really good. Utah's number one in pass efficiency, really good for Utah going into that game. But it just seems like it it turns into to a struggle sometimes. I think Utah should should win should win this game, and it shouldn't be in doubt. But but you know it's 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 also one of those games. The history says, well, maybe proceed with caution. Okay, so along those lines, construct a Utah loss for us. What would have to happen? A Utah loss. Utah wouldn't be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, they get themselves into a, the negative in a turnover scenario, and for whatever for whatever reason, they're not able to control the run game of Oregon State. Oregon State's going to want to establish the run at all costs. 
a little bit. Even though Luton is a pretty good quarterback, and and he's an also a guy that hasn't thrown an interception, but but uh, Oregon State's going to want to run the football, and if they can do that, and Utah on the other side can't run the ball and finds themselves giving the ball up, then I think it becomes a, a, a long day for the Utes. You know, that, that, those, are, those are the things that have happened in Utah losses. Arizona, a few years ago, you know, Utah goes in there with a number one rated rush defense in the conference, and then Arizona ran for 350 or 360 yards in that game. It was un, unreal, and Utah loses that game. So I think that's how it would have to come apart for Utah. Frank Dolce with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If Zach Moss were able to return, uh, what does that mean for this club? I think it means, to, to be you know completely honest, I think it means more for Zach Moss than it does for Utah, especially if you look at just, and I'm just going off the numbers, if you look statistically at this particular matchup, because Utah should be able to, run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and be very effective in that part of the offensive game plan without Zach Moss. So I would say unless Zach Moss is 100% healthy, then you know maybe you let him heal for another, for another week. But all of that said, I think the game is more important individually for Zach Moss to find his way back onto the field because I think he, with the, with the injuries he's had the last couple of years, and now in his senior year, with his opportunity to play at the next level, coming down to the next several football games, I think that he has to put something on tape. I mean, I think he has to give those scouts something something to look at. And, you know, traditionally, running backs aren't really taken that high in the draft anyway, and there's lots of running backs available. So even though I think we all believe that he is supremely talented and he makes – Utah's running game from a very good running game into an elite running game. Uh, I think it's it's more important for Zach to get on the field for him than it is for Utah this this week in particular. Frank, earlier we were talking about the development of Tyler Huntley. Will you break that down for us as a former quarterback? What are you seeing in his game that is coming around? Well, the the biggest. There, there's a couple things that I think he's doing really well right now. Uh, one is when he, he – first of all, he doesn't put his team in bad situations. So he's not necessarily throwing the ball in the coverage. And it looks like he would sacrifice a potential completion uh, for keeping possession of the football and not risking an interception. I think that's, that's number one. That is – supremely important and if you know anything about coach Whittingham you know that's supremely important to him the second thing is I used to describe Tyler Huntley in a scramble drill as running around with his hair on fire and that's what it looked like to me he would he would prematurely break out of the pocket and immediately the ball was tucked under his arm and he was he was doing whatever he could to figure out how to gain some yards on the ground, put his team in a positive situation. Not, nothing against his effort, but, but in terms of quarterbacking, maybe that wasn't the best thing for him to do. Now it seems like he's more willing to stand in the pocket, and when he does leave the pocket, then his first thought is, is there somebody downfield? 
Can I find somebody downfield while I'm maneuvering away from pressure? And then if I have to run, I will run. And and then he's been really he's been really good throwing the ball downfield outside of the pocket. So I think that's a huge step forward. This is a guy that from the very earliest of ages, when he started playing football, who knows, eight, nine, ten years old, he has been able to rely on his athleticism, which is for 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 all of his life has been better than anybody else on the field. Now that's that's equalized at at this le- level and so his athleticism doesn't always get get him out of trouble. But that's a hard switch to 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 make to all of a sudden not rely on something that for your entire life has has been very successful and then to change that mindset and and try something else and to do something else under pressure situations and I think that's what he's been able to do and and that's not only a credit to to Tyler but but that goes back to good coaching I think from Andy Ludwig Frank Dolce with us 97.5 and 1280 the zone all right Frank two-part question for you all your years as a player well actually this uh, first part all your years as a broadcaster in the Pac-12 what was your least favorite road trip and then all your years as a player or broadcaster what has been your least favorite road trip (laughs) I, you know, uh, I, I don't think I had a least favorite road trip in the Pac-12. I grew up a fan of the Pac-10, and so I was always I, that kind of felt like, uh, you know, just supreme luck for me to go out and and be able to go to all those games. If I had to, if I had to, I would say that going to the University of Arizona was my least favorite road trip even though people would say things like well what about corvallis and you know what about going to washington state and those were i thought those were kind of fascinating road trips and you know the places we got to stay so so i would i would put university of arizona right up at, at the top of the least favorite and then i know i'm going to offend a lot of people when i say my least favorite of all time but if you ever traveled to this place at any time of the year, and especially to call a football game, you would have to say Laramie, Wyoming <laughs> was, the, was the least of all of the road trips available. Laramie, Wyoming was and no, nothing against the people of Laramie, Wyoming. Fine, fine people. That place was always the same color, no matter the time of year. It was just brown. Everywhere was brown, and it it didn't matter if it was early in the year or late in the year. It felt like it was, you know, 30 degrees below zero. In fact, I think one game was a negative 9 or a negative 10 on the field during the game. So, uh, and, and one time, Bill Marcroft and I actually – the buses left. I still hold this over the head of Coach Ron McBride, who was so upset after a loss that he gathered everybody on the team buses, and they left, and they left the broadcast crew, Bill Marcroft and me, at the stadium, which was no fun to be stuck in Laramie for several more hours. What did you do? Fortunately, there was a TV crew available who had to do a post-game report and so we hitched a ride back with the with the TV guys in the back of a 
uh, in the back of their car. But it w- but we had to sit in the stadium freezing in Laramie for about three hours until they completed that. Were you a that, part, uh, Frank? Were you on the call that year when that storm hit right as the game was coming to an end, and it just it. it it just piled up. I don't know whether the Utes flew into Laramie on that trip or whether you were bussing or what, but it was – let's put it this way. The snow was going sideways, and the interstate got closed down for about four hours. Yeah. 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 So that was – I've been in – I was involved in all of those all of those games, and that one in particular was uh, – that, that was that was rough. And you know, it's just Laramie's just an interesting place. It's 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 like a you know you know you have to be a, a, a certain kind of toughness to to grow up and to and to live in Laramie, Wyoming. And and that's you know you felt like you'd really accomplish something something if you spent a weekend there. Right now, Frank, uh, the Cardinals are beating the uh, the Atlanta Braves twelve zero in the third inning. Did you ever really catch a beating or deliver one <laughs> in your career? Let's see. We, uh, we, not when I was at the University of Utah. We we didn't. We well. Let, let me just say this. When I I redshirted my first year at the University of Utah, and we went down and we played at San Diego State, and at that time, and now I'm forgetting his name, but it was Mark McGuire's younger brother who was the quarterback at San Diego State, and uh, and in that game, we we did we 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 took a beating, and I I witnessed that whole thing. From the from the sideline, and I was actually up in the press box with the coaching staff, kind of helping, trying to help, you know, diagnose what was going on, and and so that was a that was a difficult that was a difficult matchup. Um, but and and then on the other side, we never really uh, delivered a beating to anybody. The most uh, the most that I would say is that we had one game at home in 1992 against New Mexico, and it was in some some weather and there was one there was one particular play it was just a it was a very simple play it was a pitch uh, it was like a sweep it was a pitch to the running back single back formation you run to the tight end side and for whatever reason that play we hit that play early and we never went away from it and new mexico could never stop it so i may have thrown a total of 10 passes in that game and we ran the ball for hundreds of yards in that game uh, with, with Pierre Jones and Keith Williams on one particular play, just a simple pitch to the running back. By the way... Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Great music. Mark McGuire's brother was Dan McGuire. Yeah. And he... Yeah. Uh, he, he I, I interviewed him uh, once for something. I can't remember what it was. Many, 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 many years ago. But uh, he was like, what do you like six eight or something? Six, six seven or six eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I went and you know I, I shook his hand after the game, and he, he was a giant. He was a monster, and and he certainly played like it that day. I mean, he could not miss. It was just one of those games, and and San Diego State. They threw the ball all over the field, and we just we didn't have any answers for it. So if St. Louis is up thirteen to zip. And or in a football game, when you're just absolutely getting destroyed, do players give up? Do they just, eh? 
It's over? Can't win, don't try. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. You know, it's not necessarily the mentality. It's not the mentality. Uh, it, it, at least, it, you know, it what, maybe it wasn't so much way back when. You know, the the mentality was at some point, no matter what the score, you're, pay, you're playing for some you have to play for some sort of pride, and the worst thing you could do is to give up. I mean that that was that 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 was unforgivable, and you, you know you you couldn't live with yourself if you if you gave up in a game like that. I think it's probably a little bit different these days, and the you know culture around the game is a, is a little bit different, and and I think we see that happen sometimes. I think it's you know, super, super disappointing. I always try to teach that lesson to my kids that it's always worth, you know, there's always something worth fighting for. And, and maybe it's just pride alone that, that you, you figured out how to get through something the, the best that you could. So I didn't, I didn't really sense that, that uh, in, in, in our football teams going through, but you bring up an interesting thing. And we talked about this a week ago. I'm very curious to see how Washington state responds because they had a week off and, and they've changed their defensive coordinator, and that's a team, if there's a team with the opportunity to quit on the program after a couple of really rough weeks and a scolding in public by the head coach, that, that's a team that, that might qualify. So we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. I'm, I'm interested to see what Washington State does moving forward. Frank, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Of course, absolutely. Great to talk to you guys. appreciate it. Thanks, Frank. Frank Dolce, our Ute insider, former Ute quarterback with us, uh, and he joins us each and every Wednesday here on The Big Show. I got to agree with him on Laramie. Although Laramie, I've been there in the summertime when it was pretty nice. but man, Was it I, still brown? It's kind of a brownish green. You so know, brown. I thought, it was, I thought it was nice if you're into that cowboy stuff. Okay. You know, but come, uh, sc- come uh, snowstorms and whatnot. It's intimidating is what it is. Uh, joining us now in studio, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. You can give him a call, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And Gordon was using the word intimidating there. Sometimes dealing with these issues can be a bit yeah. intimidating, Andrew. ED, yeah, it can. Um, guys have treated erectile dysfunction with medication uh, or maybe not treated it at all, done nothing about it. I think there's a lot of guys suffering in silence. We have a new treatment that I think takes all of the bads out of treating ED. Um, it's not medication. It's not an injection. It's not hormones. It's not testosterone, which a lot of guys are experimenting with now. Acoustic wave therapy is, I think it's fairly breakthrough because it allows a guy to get back to normal function in the bedroom, spontaneity, natural function, not having to pre-plan, typically a few treatments over two to three weeks. Um, and they're 10 minutes a piece, by the way, pretty quick. So it's easy. It's really easy. And who's a good candidate for this? Good question. Anybody that is experiencing erectile dysfunction, essentially, if things are slipping in the bedroom and you still have partial function, you're especially a good candidate. But we've seen guys and brought them back from zero. So we've seen that a lot. Man, I'd say that must be that must be kind of cool to see patients have that kind of success. Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, the guys especially that are really struggling, like yeah. they've had it 10 years plus. We have a lot of patients in their 80s that have struggled with this. Um, and, and the relationship is strained. The spouse is frustrated. See that a lot. All right, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. 
thousand, and you're going to uh, give our listeners a great deal to get them in. Yep, call right now. We'll do an initial ultrasound. That's a blood flow ultrasound with our medical doctor, an assessment, and an exam. Um, it's an analysis of you. Normally, a few hundred dollars. Call us right now. We'll do it totally free. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule. 801-901-8000. It's Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. All right. More straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider. As I look at the conference, to me, the South is right on schedule. To me, the Utes, they're right where they need to be. They got a legitimate chance to go to the Rose Bowl. This is the halfway point, six weeks into the season. I feel better about them going to the Rose Bowl now than I did in August. After this weekend, I feel the same way. With the teams that Utah has left on the schedule, everybody is beatable in the conference. But I think Utah, without playing a game, they took a step forward in the conference. Just because everybody else looks so rough. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Want to remind you to come join Hans and Scotty on October 15th from noon to 3 at 185 West 12th Street, Sweet C in Ogden. Customers uh, will receive a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device while supplies last. St. Louis on top of Atlanta, 13-0, top of the fourth inning, which means St. Louis is up again. So it's good news for the Braves. When it rains, it pours. In your illustrious athletic career, Gordon, and it is illustrious, you ever really catch a beating? Uh, yeah, one time. One time. Playing hockey on the ice? It was... It was um, Volleyball? Backgammon? Darts? No. You were well, good at you, so many things. Have you had uh, a negative experience with darts? I'm not very good at darts, no. <laughs> No, me and my buddies put together a team once, and uh, we went and played this other team that was uh, filled with, uh, I think, uh, Division One athletes, and we got beat pretty good. It's never fun, is it? We got dunked on. Did you? Over and over. Yeah, that's that's never very fun. Yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't stellar in hockey. Uh, it never happened against uh, my team, but it did happen. Uh, we, we, we put it on a team once. And I remember I actually had this thought go through my mind. I felt sorry for my opponent. Not because of anything great that I did, but our team was just crushing these guys. And I felt bad for them. Gordon, uh, we talked a lot. I of- in trouble, though. you got to be careful with that sort of thing. I mean, we were watching this game, and the Cardinals players are walking around out in the field, you know, what word did you use, Austin? Nonchalantly. Yeah. It was like nothing I do right now is really going to affect the outcome of this game. Well, they've already got two on and one out in the top of the fourth, so <laughs> it looks like they're going to keep adding. See, do you think this is fun? I'm sure it is for them, for, not for, for the, the Braves. Card- no, I'm for the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Is there anything better than crushing an opponent? No, I'm sure they're having a great time. Speaking? I'm sure there's plenty of hot foots and pranks in the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you do a hot foot? Don't you put the match in between the sole and the material or something? And then you light it? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I've never done that before. I haven't either. Uh, Austin, you ever did the... Delivered you, a, hot foot? a hot foot? No, this is not 1939. <laughs> uh, real quick, Gordon, I did want to get to this. We talked to some uh, Utah football in the last segment. Want to talk a little BYU football. Remember, the big show will be cut a little bit short today. Jazz pregame begins at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. But uh, Will Snowden, our Cougar insider, was on with uh, Hanson Scotty today. Yes. and uh-huh. Great. Will, He's really good. He is terrific uh the owner of alpha recruits and he's just a terrific guy and a great ambassador for the game of football but he is also an african-american player who played at byu mm-hmm. and this weekend gordon an african-american will be making the, a, the start at quarterback for the first time in byu history and i thought his comments on the on the subject were were absolutely great he said it's uh, you know it's the first time regardless of when it comes it is certainly something to be celebrated man that seems like when you just said that, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Doesn't that seem like something we would have discussed back in the 70s? Seems like or something. Or 80s or something? Yeah, it seems like something that uh, that should have happened by now. But I guess that's the, the kind of controversy of it. And, and what Will was saying is forget about that, how long it's taken. The fact that it's happening should be celebrated. Yeah, I agree with that. And the, the alumni, the African-American alumni there at BYU are extremely proud about what uh, is going to happen on Saturday. And oh, I, I thought his stance on it was really, really good. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And uh, they're, they're, <laughs> you celebrate things, right? And this is, uh, this is uh, something to celebrate. I agree with that. And here's the other thing about it. This is a cool customer. Have you had the chance to interview this kid? I have not yet, no. He, he is, I, I don't know what the reality is, but he comes across as being cool, calm, confident. Well, that's good news because he's going to have to be. Yeah. And, and I know South Florida, uh, their defense is not exactly legendary. <laughs> I mean, Utah's not going up against a very good defense. BYU really isn't either. Uh, but first start, that can be um, intimidating. First start on the road, that can be intimidating. And then some pressure of kind of another first of its yeah. type at BYU. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess uh, that calm, cool of him is going to be put to the test this week. This is a big deal. you got to be that way to play quarterback. When we talked with Tanner about that earlier in the week, uh, he he was talking about how difficult it is to be a Division I quarterback. It is. It, it takes everything an athlete has. You've got to be physically strong. You've got to be mentally strong. And, man, you've got to be confident. Because if you're not those things, you're going to get eaten up. And they need him. BYU needs yeah. him. They can't lose to South Florida. If they're going to get to, I've, I've heard people set the bar at seven wins. PK set the bar at eight wins. If they're going to sniff those marks, you got to beat South Florida. Because yeah. going three for three against Utah State, Boise, and San Diego State is going to be really difficult. Everybody expected BYU, well, most folks around here expected BYU to beat Toledo. And that didn't happen. Then you lose your starting quarterback. But it seemed to me, Jake, like before the season started in fall camp or whatever you want to call it, it really happens in August. But during that period of time, they were preparing this kid to to be able to step up and, and, and do this job. I don't know whether somebody had a premonition 
or somebody looked at the statistics and said, hey, it doesn't happen very often when a starter stays, starts every game, that there's a likelihood that somebody's going to get nicked up. But they were giving him some reps. Gordon, this is BYU we're talking about. There's always a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're living right. <clears throat> well, Hans... Uh, Sorry, I... I know, I'm kidding. Sorry, I... Hans addressed this a little bit today, uh, talking about uh, his his connects there in the coaching staff, and that last year is when he really made strides, like he really started to get it. And I think maybe that's where this premonition we're talking about comes from, is Mm. they not took a chance on him necessarily, but gave him a chance certainly, and he really picked the, took the ball and ran with it and, and got a lot better last year, and that put him in the situation to play his way onto the depth chart in the spring and be the backup by fall camp and now step in and, and you know take the reins. So it, it's, if that's the way it's gone, good for him, man. That's a, that's a testament to putting your head down, listening to coaching, yeah. and, and really getting yourself better. Well, aren't you kind of eager to see what this kid has? Sure. Well, like a, like most backup quarterbacks, I mean, weren't we eager to see what Jason Shelley had last year? Because we even about Jason Shelley, remember we had heard Witt say all those nice things, including a Pac-12 media day about Jason Shelley, but we were focused on Jack Tuttle, and so we just dismissed it, being like, "Oh, he's just saying that about uh, about <laughs> yeah. Jason Shelley to keep him from transferring." I don't mm. even believe what those coaches are saying, and he turned out to be a, just fine. He turned out to be pretty good. Jaron Hall, we hear you always hear good things about the backup quarterback, and yeah. then sometimes when they go in, you're like, well, you know, that's not too great. <laughs> but Jaron Hall, we've heard good things, and, and we're going to chance to to see it. He needs to be at least at least steady. Remember our boy Christian Stewart a few years ago? We took over for Taysom yeah. Hill. Uh-huh. He was steady. He was not a bad player, and I, I realized they lost some games with Stu at the helm, but mostly it wasn't his fault, and he came in and did a pretty stu- uh, serviceable job. Do you think Steady will do it? Will that get the job done? Against South Florida, Will. I mean, because, like you talked about, you got Boise State, you got Utah State, and then you got the three gimmies, and then you got San Diego State. I mean, the quarterback, the quarterback's going to have to lead that team. It, it, there, there are going to be times this season where he will be the absolute key to the offensive success. And that's a big ask for a guy who's uh, just coming in off the bench like that. All right, it is a Wednesday. That means it's a win ticket Wednesday. Let's do it right now. Caller 12. Don't worry about the sounder, Austin. We'll just throw it out there. Caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. You'll have a chance to win tickets to see Live and Bush. They're hitting the road uh, this fall for the ultimate tour. Your chance to see them live with special guest Our Lady Peace is this Saturday, October 12th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. Quick Not Sports Report next, followed by Jazz Pregame right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Were you too school for cool or were you too cool for school? I was neither, man. I was scared to death to get a B. Ma was like, oh, yeah, your mom. <laughs> you have no life if you get less than a 3-0. <laughs> so I just didn't test it. And then I tried to throw some BS past her on a midterm and she didn't like that. I tried to tell her like, okay, mom, you know how you say not to get too upset because, you know, it's only halftime. Well, you know, it's kind of like the midterms. It's only halftime. <laughs> and so she said, you want, you want me to show 
you what that halftime speech probably looked like. <laughs> Did she like fill up a bunch of Gatorade paper cups and have it cooler out on the dining room table and then, just, and then throw it over? Shut my hand! Stack of towels, flap them against the wall. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Jazz game night pregame. Tips off the top 5 o'clock hour. But until then, Gordo, where are we going? Uh, we're going a couple different places. The first one is to the Bahamas. Did you see this story about the dog that was found in the debris left by Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas? No. Had been buried under this debris for like weeks. Wow. And was found alive. To steal a movie show bit, life finds a way, right, Austin? Yeah, indeed it does. So now the rescuers are calling the dog Miracle. Hmm. It's a miracle. Aren't dogs one of God's great gifts to humankind? I don't have a dog right now, but man, dogs are cool. I like dogs too. I don't know about as long as they're not mean. A great gift to humankind, but yeah, yeah. whatever. I I just saw saw that story and I thought, how does a dog stay alive for nearly a month, buried under debris? How do you do that? Don't you don't you need water or maybe maybe some rainwater, something seep through or something? You found something. Wow, crazy! And then there's this. Do you exaggerate your height? No, Austin, you. I I don't know that I blatantly exaggerate, but the last time I was uh, actually scientifically measured was probably a decade ago. Hmm. And I wonder if I've come back down a little bit the you other think way. You've shrunk just a, just a hair. Probably. They don't measure you like I get measured like every time at a doctor's visit. Well, Your time height? to go to the doctor. Hey, be like height, weight. Yeah. How about weight? Do you shave a few pounds off? Oh yeah. <laughs> How you know, many? How I'm many? 185 on that license. <laughs> I just don't keep track of my weight. How about that? Because then you can't lie about it. I don't really know how much I weigh at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It also says I have brown hair. So <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, how many how many pounds is acceptable to to knock off? Uh, that's a personal question. <laughs> Why? I just wondered how many he was knocking off there. So you know, if he says it's 185, I. What, 25, 30 pounds? Uh, half your body weight uh, and, and under, yeah. Anyway. 30 pounds? Austin's not 30 pounds I'm heavier. Kidding. Listen it's to a, you. I'm kidding. Okay, so the reason I bring this up is not, is it's, it's kind of sports related, but it's still not sports because a lot of people do exaggerate their heights. Now, as you know, the NBA has cracked down on this as far as age and height goes, and they want the truth now. And Draymond Green has been measured at 6'5". Wow, really? Yes. How about that? And he's listed at 6'7". Now, when this came out, he's 6'5". He took umbrage with this. He, he was upset. And he sent out on social media this thing claiming that he's really 6'6". It's one inch! I mean, does it really matter? But to him, it's very serious. 
You know, he these, wants everybody to know that he's not six five. You know, these things actually do matter. Unfortunately, the the measurables that pigeonholes you into certain things. There's uh, Kevin Durant never wanted to be listed at seven feet yeah. because then he would he thought he'd be pigeonholed into being a center. Now it actually turns out I think he measured out at about 6'10", six ten. Six so ten, yeah. maybe he didn't he didn't have anything to worry about. But there uh, you hear this in football with quarterbacks that quarterbacks never list themselves above six six. Because there's this stereotype that once you're past six six, <laughs> you're too tall that you can't have the I don't know athletic coordination or whatever to play quarterback. So all these I think somebody I heard a rumor Travis Wilson was one of those where he was taller than what he was listed at at six six, but listed at six six because because you don't want to like be the no, stereotype. You don't, yeah, don't want to be lurpy, right? Right. If that's what you want to call it. Here's the thing, though. I mean, I would appreciate what Draymond Green can do even more if he's six five. And if he's six seven, but all of a sudden, if somebody looks at it on paper and goes, "Oh, six five, too small," well, then he's it, already, it affects he's his got, pocketbook. He's already got that contract, so who, who really? Cares? But he's really upset about. It. He takes it, takes it personal, and it reminds me of short guys who who uh, exaggerate their height. You know, but to me, you can see how tall somebody. How is. How tall are right? you? Six one. Okay. I'm six foot. And you're a little taller than me. So I was six one. I, as, as Austin pointed out, sometimes you shrink a little. But uh, I, I, at one point, I was six one, and yeah, I, I don't really care one way or the other. But some people who are say five ten, they want to be six foot. Uh, joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, do you fudge your height or weight when I'm talking to, to people? Think. Let's see. I, was, I think I'm six two, but okay. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're you look guy. like you're six two. Yeah. That's probably maybe about a, right. a hair shy. But what's uh, what's average? Five ten, I think, for a, a American male. Is it? I yeah. think so. Five ten, somewhere in there. Hmm. So how about that? Above average. So I guess size matters. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with that. Uh, no, but people, you know, we're talking about fibbing about things. People need to be honest with themselves if they've got this issue. Yeah. Get over it because it's an easy problem to solve. It's so easy to fix erectile dysfunction now. Uh, ED doesn't get better. That's one thing is when you get it, it's kind of like if I worked at the hospital, people would heal. You know, they'd, they'd come in, they'd get better. ED doesn't work like that. Uh, you don't get better. It gets worse, but it's so easy to fix. Two to three weeks of our treatments, acoustic wave therapy. You're not going to need the pill anymore. Um, it's so much better to get it taken care of than to continue to suffer for years and years. So, Andrew, in a way, it's like if you're too short and you're not going to get taller. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So you're, what do you do? Go out and buy like uh, boots that have like a, a, a four inch heel on yeah, it? No, pixel. you don't want to do that. Right. There's an analogy here, right? Yeah. You don't want to mess around with this other stuff. You can get it taken care of permanently. Yeah. And those are band aids. You know, medication, you're taking that for life. You're taking it every time. Acoustic wave therapy opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. So. I, you know, I don't know if I dare say permanent, but long-term fix, not something you have to repeat every year. Huh. But get back to normal. Get back to get normal back in to the bedroom. Normal. Yep. All right, here's the number, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, and you guys are going to do the assessment for free. We are. So call right now, and this is the last chance of the day. We'll do an initial assessment exam, blood flow ultrasound, which is really cool, by the way. That'll see if there's any blockages in this part of the body, blood flow-wise. Um, normally a few hundred dollars. Call us right now. We'll do it totally free. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Gordon. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. All right. I'll see you all. Jazz Game Night pregame comes up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long.
Farewell, I'll be to say goodnight. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs>